Hello, everyone. This is Gabe Gottesman from 88.9 The Bridge here with Principal Kelly's Corner, the weekly show with conversation and updates from the principal of Mercer Island High School, Mr. Walter Kelly. How are you today? We're now we're getting into the real rhythm of things, I think. A um, couple months into it. How have you been doing lately this week? Thanks. It's been busy. Um, yeah. It's nice to wrap up the first semester. Uh, it's nice to see that uh, the COVID numbers are down. One of these days, Gabe, you and I may yeah. not talk about COVID, which would be a wonderful vision. Um, and it's good to see people getting things. I mean, we have uh, play going on uh, tonight, tomorrow night. We have basketball playoff games this weekend. So I'm going to try to make uh, at least one of those games and make the play tonight. So it seems like there are things happening again, yep. which is exciting. Both games are going on at, on Saturday at 7. So we couldn't we couldn't figure out which one to broadcast. So... Um, we'll just have to see uh, with that. So definitely go support the teams. Um, reminder that Principal Kelly's Corner airs at 3 p.m. on Mondays, and it also a segment airs, think about it like a 60-minute segment, on our new morning show uh, for the radio station on Tuesday mornings at 7 uh, a.m. to 8 a.m. So uh, you can also find it on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. So for this uh, for this week's edition of the show, this marks the first week or the first show at least of Black History Month, and the school, I think, has highlighted uh, the importance of recognizing uh, the month through videos we've watched in Islander Hour and this 21-day race equity challenge that's been mentioned on the morning announcements a lot and has been posted on Schoology, and we'll discuss that shortly. But first, I got a question from Lucas, who's in our radio class, and uh, it was part of our little uh, survey for questions people have for the principal. What is your favorite part about being a principal? That I'm never bored. Yeah. I um, I remember in my 20s, you know, kind of saying to myself, like, I, I want a job at which I'm never bored. And you got to be careful what you wish for, because sometimes I'm not happy about why I'm not bored. But it's always different. And so every day I show up and there's a different challenge. There's something different happening. The other thing is I get to know so many people. And, and yes, it can be tiring. But it's so phenomenal to hear what other people are doing, to get to know this many people, just have that level of interaction with our students, community, faculty. Uh, it keeps me charged. And I can't imagine, I think that's one of the reasons for me personally, uh, remote learning and COVID was so hard because I just didn't have that, that fed my soul. All right. So that's great to hear. That, 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 and the free, that and the free coffee. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's a That's little coffee. True. Yeah. I'll tell you what, pretzel days on Thursday from the student store get me through the week. All with, with the mustard. Man, my You've friends have know that I am, I am a fiend for that. So let's move into conversation about Black History Month. We'll get into um, other topics like the school uh, senior transcripts and then Super Bowl picks, which I know is a huge part. Um, pretty big deal here. we got to discuss that, of course. But this 21-day race equity challenge. Uh, I think is really cool, just highlighting different stories from around the world, really. And today's, at least the day we're recording it, um, Friday, February 4th, was about, uh, there was a, a New York Times article linked, an op-ed, uh, that was highlighting a conversation with a 10-year-old um, black kid who talked about what it's like to grow up in the United States uh, as a black person. And what are your thoughts on this 21-day equity uh, race equity challenge as a whole, and just any additional thoughts you have on Black History Month and what the school is doing. I, I want to applaud uh, the work of our Black Student Union. I, I want to applaud May Ella 
And Cole did a great job, by the way, on Wednesday night um, representing us with a presentation from UW and other organizations on research around redlining. I want to put a pin in that, but I really appreciate that leadership. Uh, I appreciate the cooperation and coordination with other student groups to support our BSU at this point in time. Um, I also really admire the work of the Voices for Change group, Student Voices for Change, because I think there is a hope that, that there's continuity with the work among different typically underrepresented groups. So I really am happy that that has been driven by our students and supported by our staff. The interesting thing for me is that I, I sometimes consider what is the right place for me as a white male in this conversation. And I think that there are, that's a question for a lot of students uh, that we, we ask is what is the right role? Is it a, as an ally, an advocate, an activist, uh, an upstander? What, what is that right role? Because it's not, for instance, my voice is a white male, but it is my responsibility and job to uphold the voices of the people around me. And so how do we best utilize that? Um, so I'm really proud of that work. The, the thing that hits me that may be the most important is two levels. For somebody who is growing up as an underrepresented uh, member of an upper underrepresented group, as a black student, as a black child, um, the importance to identify what is possible in one's life and to learn to be uh, forward and uncompromising with the expectations that one has for one life. So developing that vision for our black students and students of color. And the second level is for us as people, especially for white people, really looking at things that we've done historically to put down other groups, to look at things that we have done that have caused inequity and to own it and to be part of the solution and moving that forward. Um, so I think there are two roles for that. One is an understanding for people who don't identify as black or of color. Uh, and then the other is to create a, an open vision of what life can be for those that haven't always had that chance. Very well said there. Um, I know I agree with the idea of having a vision. I, I, I One thing that's kind of striking me right now is the situation in the NFL with uh, Brian Flores. If you heard the story Miami, that, yeah. that he's um, suing the NFL because they pretty much gave him a sham interview. Um, and I think that's a, a common al analogy a lot is now people taking real action um, to create change, which I think is really cool. So um, another one more thing on Black History Month. There's been already an assembly um, on uh, – there's two assemblies scheduled for Black History Month. There's one on Martin Luther King um, a few weeks ago and then, of course, the one on Black History Month in general. How important was it to keep assemblies going even though it would be during Islander Hour and virtual? Because we've had – uh, Martin Luther King and uh, Black History Month assemblies in the past, but now because of COVID, it has to be online. What what has been the importance of that? For us to have common experiences as a community, something we can all talk about, something we can reflect on, something that brings us together, it is not as good as having people in the same space. I mean, we are so excited about the moment that that can happen again, that we right. really have that assembly and that moment where we're experiencing the same thing in the same place and time, but in lieu of that, at least having the same information, the same learnings and the same points of discussion, I think brings us together and gives us a sense of, of unity. 
All right. So one. By the way, this is a serious conversation today. Sometimes we get yeah. kind of lighthearted. I, I, um, you can edit this or not if you like. Um, I, <laughs> one of my years as a principal in a school in Dallas, um, we had the opportunity for two surprise guests to come to an assembly or what we called a pep rally. And it, it was Will Smith and Tony Romo. Wow. And um, if you ever come by, I gave it, there are pictures in my office of that. And I realized the power in that moment. Number one, Will Smith actually does know how to work a crowd. Huh. The guy has some talent and he had some important messages, but also really spoke to our kids. And, and we, we, you know, it was a, in a sense, kind of a conversation with, with kind of chant and response and then serious message. But it was amazing to hear, in this case, 2,800 people in a place experiencing this moment together. And to me, that's, that's something that's just beautiful, and I can't wait for us to keep doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving along to an, a separate discussion, one thing I know that as a senior, uh, I think this is more directed towards seniors, that's been a little bit confusing is now this semester-ending transcript situation where uh, you have to update your Naviance, make sure that all the schools are getting your transcripts uh, so you can go off to college the right way. Um, I know for people that are already in schools, um, just declaring that that you you are going to that school on Naviance is all you need to do. Can you go into that a little bit more? I know you've been talking a lot about that. Yeah, thanks. Um, Be glad to. This has caused some concern. Yeah. And, and I believe that all of those concerns have been addressed directly so that any student applying to college, that communication is open and we're fine. So, but let's start with this. Um, at the beginning of this past school year, we set a date for the, the deadline date for us to release what are called seventh semester transcripts. For seniors, it's the one that ends after your first semester. So seventh out of eight. Right. And then we would release those no later than February 28th. So we had that deadline published months ago. Last year, the deadline was probably very similar. I don't remember the date. And we were able to get them out by about the 14th, I think, of February, but in mid-February, just before winter break. Um, so when we looked at that, there are colleges and universities that ask for those seventh semester transcripts to be submitted by early or mid-February. We end our semester, as you know, at the end of January. It is impossible and always has been for us as a school to turn around those transcripts that quickly. And I'll explain why in a moment. Uh, we are working on it to get them out as soon as possible. It, we will still hold up to our original commitment of February 28th. We may get them out earlier than that. But the process we have to go through is make sure they're correct. So we have to make sure that all those grades are finalized correctly by teachers. Uh, with, if there's an incomplete outstanding, we take care of that. We take care of all the transfer credits from Privet, from online schools, from MI online. Those are all different schools. So we have to take those grades, make sure that they're entered correctly. And then we have to hand check those for GPA correctness because what we don't want is to put out an error on that front. And we have to make sure that the algorithms that are utilized in that calculation are correct in the computer and are coming out correctly. And that just takes time. So we want to make sure they're correct. We will get them out by that point. And then for students and parents who have heard of a, like for instance, February 8th deadline is one that I've heard from a couple of colleges. Uh, reach out to your counselor because what our counselors have already done is whenever that's a case, they've had a direct conversation with that admissions officer at that school. 
Uh, and to this point in time, literally every admissions office we've talked to has said, great, no problem, thank you. And, um, and so we'll continue to work with them. And in other words, they put out this artificial deadline that's really tough uh, when we have a late January semester, and we're trying to get those as soon as possible out. And we make sure that if there is a question or concern, we're reaching out to those colleges. And so far, every one of them has cooperated. Okay, that's great. So great to provide some clarity there. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for. We talked about it, was it last week? Yes, it was last week, right before the NFC and AFC championship game. I know you wanted to talk some sports. You picked the Chiefs and the Rams. I picked the I kind of picked the Chiefs, but you I picked the I, Chiefs. I picked, oh, <laughs> you man, did. I know. I, I picked the you Rams like plus the six and a half. You like the Bengals. I picked them plus six and a half, though, and that's all that counts. Uh, I, I wish I went to Vegas and spent all my money on that, but I did not. Instead, we are left with a a fun Super Bowl, I think, Bengals and Rams. And while we may go, it's kind of complicated because we recorded on Friday, but he gets posted on Monday. We might need to make some alterations here, but just to make sure that we confirm it, I want a Super Bowl prediction from Principal Kelly. I'm going to hold that to next week. We're doing this next week, right? We are. And All right, so I, I'm gonna, but I'm going to give you, Friday, I'm gonna give you yeah. some clues to my prediction. Uh-oh. The matchup between the Rams defensive, defensive line, line, the Bengals offensive, offensive line, line, like you've almost thought about this before, oh, Gabe. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a critical matchup. And I wonder, Joe, for Joe Burrow was amazingly composed in a tough game. But I wonder. Don't dare say it. I wonder. He's Joe Cool. I wonder if experience with Stafford will come to his advantage in, under a high-pressure situation. Experience losing in Detroit. That's all he's got. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only experience he has. Joe Burrow's won national championships. He's got experience. He's been there. All I'm saying. I don't know. Matt Stafford won a state championship in high school. I know that. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is really cool. <laughs> right in your backyard. All right. So... That wraps up this week's edition of Principal Kelly's Corner. Before we go, you know what time it is. Song of the day. Um, Want to keep the Black History Month theme going. One of the most uplifting songs in the past 15 years for me is by an artist that I really admire. Her name is Andra Day. Her biggest oh, hit was yes. Rise, up. Rise Up. But if you ever get a chance, so I'm going to call it Rise Up as the song because that's just, how, how right. can you feel bad when you hear that song, right? But if you ever get a chance to see her do Nina Simone's induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She did that along with Lauren Hill. And, oh, I love Lauren Hill. Oh, yeah. They were both amazing. Her performance is just stunning. So if you ever get a chance to pull that up on YouTube, do it. But I'm going to go with Andra Day, uh, Rise Up. That's a great choice there. And, um, you know, it just got me thinking, the Steel Drum Band performed today. That's right. Three, uh, three black artists. We performed songs. Benny King. Uh, Bob Marley, and then a traditional uh, song from Haiti. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, if you want to join that class, I highly recommend it. I would love to join that class. I'm not and sure he, I'm allowed to I, still this sign is up. students, yeah. Oh, geez. Um, you know, you'll get all wish. the fun. It would be, I'm, trust me, you would enjoy I, it if you could take maybe, class. Maybe that would be like the main part of being a principal so I can actually convert yeah. steel drum as part of my day. That's smart. I would trade the free coffee for that. Yeah, yeah. I would too. I would too because steel drum is a lot of fun. All right. Principal Kelly, thank you so much for joining me once again. Thanks, Gabe. 